Why don't you stand this morning? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And listen, I want to preface this message by saying that God just really this week has uh, inspired this. His word is inspired already, but this message, the way uh, God brought me to put it together, I believe that if you are here this morning and for those that are watching on the live stream, this is a divine appointment for you. And some of you questioned if God ever speaks to you, and I want you to know this morning that God is speaking to you, that God is about to speak to you because the Word of God is alive. Amen? Uh, it is able to touch our lives. And so Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm Listen, I'm actually going to read it in two different translations, and there is a purpose behind that. So it's going to be on your screens. You can follow along in whatever device or Bible translation you have this morning. Uh, but this is an important message, and I want you to get it this morning. The Bible says, uh, beginning in verse 1, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give, say give, to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them, speaking of your bodies, be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Verse 2 says, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. God wants to change the way that we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And listen, now I'm going to read the same two verses from the Message Bible. I don't know if you've ever read from the Message. The Message is a paraphrase. Uh, sometimes people read it and they feel like, well, it's not quite a study Bible, but it is something that I can gain and glean from. And so I love the way the Message spells it out. Listen to this. Same two verses. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it uh, without even thinking Instead, say instead, instead, fix your attention on God. Amen. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity inside of you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the word of God this morning. I thank you that as we read it, we know that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He is the counselor. He is the comforter. And Lord, in life, sometimes we carry baggage. And I believe, Lord, that this morning you want for some of us to deal with our baggage, even some of the things we have hidden, and even some of the things that we don't like to 
talk about or think about. But Lord, you have said that today is the day. Today is the day that we are dealing with it. Today is the day that you are helping us to focus on it. Because Lord, you want to bring the best out of us by building maturity in us. So Lord, touch every life. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So listen, most people love a good, a good story. Anybody love a good story? And they love to hear them. And, and some people even love to tell them, or at least they try to tell them. Others have even said that there are lessons taught with stories that can't be learned any other way. See, stories are powerful. And stories can literally grab your attention and pull you into their world. They can stir up emotions even. And they can move us into action. It's really hard to beat a good story. Especially when it's told or, or it's written in the right way. I guess that's one of the many reasons that I personally love movies. Anybody love a good movie out there? See, whether it's action or drama or science fiction, I'm all in, invested in what I see and in what I hear. And for me, the details matter. So don't be talking to me during the movie. I'm watching, all right? Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. It seems like all of the questions have to happen when the movie's happening, right? And it gets to be the most pivotal part, and, and you're so in it. And, and why is that happening? And, and why is that take? And I won't tell you who, who asks those kind of questions sometimes, but they ask the questions at not so, so great a time. <laughs> Details matter. I also like history. Any history lovers in the house? I love science. It, 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 you know, you can give me an interesting documentary, and while most people will probably yawn and take a big cat nap, I'm in geek mode, learning new stuff from the storyline and watching how the storyline and the information develops. Now, listen, I know that some of you are readers. Some of you are readers, and you would argue that the book is always better than the movie. Any of those in the house, you, it's okay. You can, you can, we won't beat up on you too much this morning. <laughs> you would say, because movies cut out so many details that, that the story isn't just the same. And, and how many have, have, have you you've heard that? That you, know, you saw the movie, and it's just not the same. And I mean, how can you really show 30 to 50 chapters of a book in two hours of a movie? It's just not the same, the reader would argue. Also, some would say that books actually leave room for the imagination as the story develops, while movies take you exactly where they want you to go in almost no time at all. But to me, nothing beats, nothing beats the experience of a good story on a big screen with great acting and heart-pounding surround sound that literally makes you feel as if you were there. My, my wife would say, do you have to have it so loud? Does the bass have to hit me in the chest that hard? But I digress this morning. Whether by book or by movie, my focus this morning is on the story. See, again, stories are important and stories are powerful. 
More specifically today, I want us to spend a little time talking about the story of your life. The story of your life. See, simply defined, a story is the telling of a happening or a a connected series of events happening over time, and every single story is unique to you. And so while there may be some similarities from person to person, at the end of the day, your story is your story. You own it. See, at Recharge this past week, we we gathered to pray and to offer praise to God like we always do. And Abigail Horton, she shared a story about a family member that is currently dealing with a difficult situation after having story, after having surgery, rather. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but her loved one recently had surgery on a mass in her body. And when she woke up from that operation, she was paralyzed. And so her loved one is currently in rehab, actually trying to relearn how to walk right now. And the people there told her that she, would, that she should basically not get her hopes up and that she should expect to leave that place, that rehab, in a wheelchair because she would probably never walk again. Those are words of a story. Details matter. But I love it, Abigail She felt led by the Holy Spirit, by God, to pray and to encourage her loved one by saying, that is not your story. And she said it several times, and it it hit me hard like a ton of bricks. That is not your story. Listen, she went on to say, I believe that you will be healed in Jesus' name, and you will dance out of this place. Her loved one, by the way, feels the same way. She doesn't know Jesus, but she deserves our prayers. I believe that all things work together for good. And so through this situation, I believe she's going to meet Jesus. But, but listen, that praise, that word, that, that encouragement of faith that Abigail offered for her loved one inspired me to get you thinking about your story this morning. In fact, the story of your life. Listen, the Bible says in Psalm 139 and verse 14 that I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. It also says in Jeremiah 1.5 that I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. See, some of you have heard this this morning, but God has a plan and a purpose for your life. But how many believe that? But did you know that Satan has a plan for your life too? I know we don't like to talk about that, and we don't like to consider that. Again, God has a plan for your life. Satan has a plan for your life. And let me tell you what, God's plan is better than Satan's. God's plan is for your good. God's plan is for your growth and maturity. The devil's plan is bad for you. It only leads to bad places and the things that happen, the trickle down and the brokenness and the messed up life that you'll experience by Satan's plan are very clear. Like our, but like our text said, 
If you give your body and your life to God daily as an act of worship, he can and he will transform your life and he will bring the best out of you by developing maturity inside of you. In other words, listen, stop trying to write your own story. I want you to get that this morning. Stop. Say stop. Stop Stop trying to write your own story. Listen, apart from God, we fall short and we always uh, get to the place where when we are writing the story, we, we go to the place where we are wondering where we went wrong and what else we could have done by our own strength and our own ability to make ourselves or our situation even better. But before long, when we write the story, we start to struggle with a lack of hope, disappointments come your way, confusion may even come your way. All of a sudden you are dealing with emotional instability and all kinds of brokenness and feelings of inadequacy. See, apart from God, life is a mess. And apart from God, your life is not what God intended it to be but let God write your story. Let God write your story, the story of your life, and you will see what God has in store for you. Remember our text said, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. If you've never done that, you want to do that. That's how you get God to be the writer of your story. Listen, if you do that, the story of your life will be powerful. It will be meaningful. It will be a real testament of the goodness of God to you and to the world around you. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Jesus Christ is the best author and writer. So let him write. Some of you are like, Pastor Freddie, that's so basic. I, I get it, you know. You give your heart to Jesus and you just, you just let him do his thing. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, in this room right now, we might have a bunch of ghost riders. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? See, on the surface, you, you come to church. On the surface, you worship. On, on the surface, everything looks like, like normal, like it should for a follower of Christ. But underneath that facade, in that surface, we have a bunch of ghost writers. See, a ghost writer will write under a different name. A ghost writer uh, doesn't want the attention for themselves in that they are writing the story and they are wanting somebody else, even a a, a, a made-up name to get all the credit, and uh, uh, we might have some ghostwriters here this morning, and I, I want you to deal with that. I want you to deal with that. I mean, where do we begin as we unpack your story this morning? Uh, well, if you know anything about a story, a story has at least three main parts. And so uh, there's a plot and, and there's a setting and there's a cast of characters or, or a main character, right? And since we're talking about the story of your life, let's see what it looks like so far. So first thing is first, 
let's consider the plot. Keeping it simple, the plot is really the story itself. And so when, a, when someone asks you what the plot of your story is, they're really asking you for your story in a nutshell or the key events of your life in a basic sequence and how those moments are connected to you. Some of you are quite the storytellers. That would be very hard for you to do in less than 30 seconds or in a couple of sentences. And so, listen, if you get asked what your story is or if you ask someone what their story is, be ready. They might have some stories for you. And so when we consider the plot, you have to think about like like who were your parents growing up and and what was your upbringing like? Now, listen, for some of you, uh, that may already present some challenges because we may not all have good memories about our parents and we may not all have uh, good instances and things to think about when we consider our childhood. And listen, those teenage years might not be too pleasant to recall either. Pastor Freddie, what are you doing this morning? Hang in there. You might be resistant to consider your plot, but listen, it affects you, and there's no denying that connecting the dots of that plot will reveal who you really are. Now listen, closely related to the plot of your story is the idea of conflict. Say conflict. So already, the personal conflict might be there when you think back on your home life and when you think back on your upbringing. It might even be something that you have tried to forget. And here, Pastor Freddie is wanting you to consider it. Maybe your past and, or your upbringing is something that you have hidden from people around you or you might say they only know so much. But listen, this morning, God knows and you know that this conflict has affected your story in some way, shape, or form. Again, we are talking about the story of your life. See, every story... Every story will have a conflict or a series of difficulties that have to be dealt with. It might be a family problem that needed to be resolved or it might even be an adventure that is unique to your life. But whatever form it takes, conflict will be present in every good story. Some of you are like, I don't know about it being a good story, but I got conflict. Listen, if you haven't already experienced conflict, I want to meet you after service. I want to talk to you. And so I want to see how you've done that. Listen, each of you can expect some kind of conflict at some point in your life. And, And listen, I'm not trying to be negative this morning. I'm just telling you the truth. And so as I challenge you to think about the plot of your story and maybe even the conflict that you've dealt with so far in your life, it might cause you to recall something painful or a big regret. See, some of you right now, you may feel a little uncomfortable doing that 
delving into that. And, and listen, I get it. The easy thing to do might be to just block it out or, or to pretend like your story wasn't your story. Listen, I've done that and I need you to know that it's not good, it's not healthy, it's not beneficial for you at all. But I would also dare to say that this is the reason we have so many unhealthy relationships and unresolved character issues. You've got baggage, and you haven't dealt with it. We're talking about the story of your life. See, this morning it does nobody any good for you to pretend like your parents and your home life growing up did not have an impact on your life because good, bad, or indifferent, your story is your story. It's not mine, it's yours. And you can let the baggage from your past determine who you are today and maybe even ruin every single relationship you try to develop. Or you can do something constructive about it like offer your body and your life to God daily say daily and let him take over See, just the same way that we have some ghost riders, uh, some of you think that you are kings and queens in and of yourself, and you would never say that, but you have said a prayer and you have asked Jesus to become your Lord and your Savior, but, you know, and it's easy on that Savior part, right? Because he's dealing with your sins, and, and it's like, God, I need a Savior. God, without you, I'm headed for hell. And so would you please save me? Would you deal with my sin problem? But then we say that Lord part and we say it so loosely and so casually uh, God I want you to be the Lord of my life except for Mondays when I'm at work and then that I'm in charge of it. or except for that time when I'm dealing with that difficult person because I've got a few words for them and they have hurt me and God you gotta know that I've gotta give it back to them I've gotta let them know that they crossed the line with me and in those moments, who's your Lord? <laughs> First, listen, understand that there will be difficulties and challenges in your life. We all have them, so expect them. More importantly, be ready to deal with them, talk about them, and face them sooner than later. See, it's amazing to think about how today's obstacles often prepare you for tomorrow's opportunities. I need to say that again. Today's obstacles often prepare you for tomorrow's opportunities. And so instead of asking why this has happened to you, ask the Lord what He wants you to do with all of those messed up, broken feelings, awful memories and experiences. See, life will not always go your way. Get used to it. Learn from it. Grow from it. And remember, God will not waste a moment of your life where he doesn't have a plan to use it for his glory. 
Listen, I, I've known plenty of people who had a rough past with abuse, and today God uses them to advocate for, for other victims. And I've also met others who have survived addiction and have beat it, and today God is using them and their story to help set other people free. Imagine that, the story of your life being used by God. And so your life is not wasted, and your life is not an accident if the plot is messy. Let me say that again. Your life is not wasted and your life is not an accident if the plot is messy and you are not disqualified. If the story of your life is filled with conflict, what it does mean it is that God has an awesome plan for your life and he has a purpose for your pain. Don't, don't listen, don't, don't, don't hear the wrong thing. I'm not saying he put the pain on you. I'm not saying he wanted to punish you. And so he put it, I'm not saying that. But there's a purpose in the pain when it comes. But you have to be willing to surrender it to God. See, so as long as you hold on to the pain and, and as long as you you mull it over and as long as you are kind of stuck in that place God can't quite use you the way he wants to see you're too fixated on the problem and not on the problem the one who solves the problems and so this morning God is wanting to use your situation but he's asking will you surrender and so listen, don't run from the conflict in your story. Instead, deal with it. Talk to the Lord mostly all about it. Don't be afraid to seek wise counsel. Thank God for wise counsel in my life. People who have spoken the word of God, they know what the Bible says and they can be used by God to help you. So let them. Also, listen, life is an adventure. Anybody believe that life is an adventure? And some would say that's an understatement. You see, adventure is defined as an exciting, very unusual experience. Adventure is bold, usually risky, undertaken in an uncertain, with an uncertain outcome. And the story is your, of your life is full of all of those and more. And so your plot will definitely have some conflicts, but it will also have some moments of excitement and moments of adventure. Let God rewrite your story and use those things for his glory to, to change your life from the inside out. Remember our text. Our text said embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, say instead, instead. fix your attention on God you'll be changed from the inside out. So life will involve the unusual. Go with it. Maybe we can call that a plot twist in your life. 
Life will also ask you to take some risk, evaluate those risks, and, and get wise counsel, and then jump when it's the right time. And life will sometimes be uncertain, and so expect the unexpected. Again, we're talking this morning about the story of your life, and the plot definitely includes conflict and adventure. So listen, you have a decision to make. Grow with the flow, but pay attention to your plot. I want us to, to consider the setting of your story. Consider the setting. See, the setting is the context that describes the elements in which the story is taking place. And so the setting, it includes time and the setting, it includes a place or places and the setting includes the environment. And each of those components helps to build the mood of the story as well as the plot and the character development. And so when considering the setting of the story, you have to ask some questions. Some questions like, where does the story take place? What time? period is it taking place in? What important events are happening around the world? What are the social norms? What's the weather like? What was the season like? Most people think that the setting is only uh, where the story takes place, but it's definitely much more than that. In order to give you a better sense of, a, of the backdrop of the story, for example, I was born in 1972, and I was the youngest of 13 children in my family. My family was from Puerto Rico, which is a commonwealth, and I was the only one born here in the mainland in Newburgh, New York. And so everyone in my family spoke Spanish as their main language and learned basic English later. But I learned English primarily at school and picked up some basic conversational Spanish at home. We were raised Catholic, uh, going to church very Catholic. Casually. As I grew up, I learned that we were poor. Did you know that on day one, I didn't know I was poor? As I grew up, I learned that I, we were poor. I later discovered that my parents were alcoholics and my home life was greatly affected when alcoholism contributed to the, the abuse that I started seeing in my home with regularity. Now remember... Without Christ as Lord and Savior, we are the writers of our own story. And at best, we write a story that we think will make us happy and fulfilled, but soon we find ourselves confused, feeling lost and empty, wondering what the meaning of life even is. And at worst, without Christ, we write our own story uh, with our own messed up values. And the culture is such a huge influence that again, you and I, we start to struggle with a lack of hope, all kinds of disappointments, confusion, emotional instability, and all kinds of brokenness. See, as a child, I was di directly impacted by my setting to my, because to my surprise, I discovered that most of my friends and their, and their parents spoke English perfectly. They had much nicer apartments and owned homes with large yards and pools, and, and they didn't, to my knowledge, have alcoholic or abusive parents. So in my book, they were normal, and I was not. 
Soon I, I became ashamed of my family life, my home life. I became ashamed of my own family. Never wanted to introduce anyone to them. Never wanted to bring anyone to my home. And I coped with that by telling lies for much of my childhood about everything that we had, about how we lived as a family, about where we vacationed, about what we did and how we functioned as a family. See, back then the story of my life was not my my true life, I lived a lie. And it caused a, a lack of stability, a lack of confidence in, in me, and it stunted my maturity and my growth. And sadly, as, I, as, as mentioned in our text, I had allowed the culture to drag me down to its level of immaturity. And until the day I met Christ, my setting played a large role in negatively affecting the story of my life. But over the years, guess what? I discovered that I'm not alone. See, some of you here this morning can relate to my shame and, and maybe you can even know, you even know what it's like to live a lie. For some, of your, for some of you, your setting is so painful that you've hidden it down deep, like I said earlier, and you need Jesus Christ to help you set the story straight. Others of you have a past that you know Christ has forgiven, and yet you are still this morning struggling with forgiving yourself. I want to remind you, like the scripture said, to take your everyday, ordinary life, take your sleeping, your eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offer. See, we are talking about the story of your life and the only way it gets redeemed is if you make a choice to give it to Jesus and I can't do that for you. Remember John 8.36 says, if the Son sets you free, you truly, unquestionably are free indeed. And today the story of your life doesn't have to be a stumbling block, an obstacle or a picture of your future, it can actually be a tool that God uses to redeem your story for His glory. See, I was once ashamed about my setting, and I was a liar about my past, but Jesus Christ set me free, and today I can tell, use it to tell you the true story of my life. And some of you need to know that your setting is not your story. It may be a part of your history. It doesn't have to be your future. Again, like our text said, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. And so the story of your life so far, it includes the plot and the setting, but it needs a main character or a cast of characters. Some of you are characters this morning. <laughs> Let's talk about the character in your story because it's the most important part. You see, the truth is, without a character, the story of your life, without the character in the story of your life, the plot and the setting mean absolutely nothing. 
without a character in the story of your life. The plot and the setting mean absolutely nothing. And today we are here because your story, your life, you are the main character. And so right now it's all about, it's, it's a, it's all about you. And if you let God totally rewrite your story, I promise that it will be powerful. I promise that it will be meaningful. I promise that it will be hopeful and worthwhile. Again, remember our text said to readily recognize what he, God, wants you to do and quickly respond to it. It also said God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity inside of you. So basically, respond to God and he will help you grow. That's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Respond to God. He will help you to grow. Win-win. I, listen, I, I tend to see characters in a story two different ways. Either they're deep or they're shallow. And as a pastor, I'm always trusting that you will go so deep. In fact, I challenge you to do all that you can do to develop the main character in your story. Again, I am talking about you. John 15, 16 says, you didn't chose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So listen, go deep mentally, develop your mind, go deep physically, take care of your body, go deep spiritually, submit to God and live your life for him and go deep socially, pick and surround yourself with good friends. Worship team, would you come? Listen, life is busy. Anybody say amen to that? Life is busy. Amen. Plus, conflicts and adventures are a, a part of, of your plot. And so sometimes, because of that, the challenges are really hard. But the encouragement this morning is, don't run. Listen, don't run. Don't hide. Don't build walls in your story. Instead, surrender to Jesus, and he will help you to deal with the hard times. And listen, I get it. Your setting, uh, growing up, may not have been ideal. Or listen, maybe it was. Maybe you look back and it was just so perfect. But today, because of that perfect past, today you are not living the life you wanted to be living. Either way, your setting is not your story. Your conflict is not your story. Your past is not your story. Your failures are not your story. So stop writing false narratives and let Jesus Christ rewrite the story of your life today. See, if Jesus is truly living in your heart, you need to keep your eyes on who? On Jesus. And you need to let him write your story because the best is yet to come. So focus on Jesus. Listen, on the sixth day of an ill-fated mission, of on the ill-fated mission of Apollo 13, the astronauts needed to make a critical course correction. If they failed, they're up in space now, if they failed, they might never return to planet Earth. 
And so in order to conserve power, they actually shut down the onboard computer that steered the, the spacecraft. And yet the astronauts needed to conduct a 39-second burn or, or, uh, of their main engines. But how were they going to steer their spacecraft during that burn? That was a great concern to them. The astronaut in charge, he determined that if they could keep a fixed point in space in view through their tiny window, they could actually steer the craft manually while the computers and the engine was off. And that focal point turned out to be their destination, planet Earth. Listen, don't miss it. As shown in the, in the movie Apollo 13, for 39 agonizing seconds, uh, the astronauts focused on keeping the earth in view and by not losing sight of that reference point, the three astronauts avoided disaster. Hebrews 12.2 says that to finish our life mission successfully, we need to keep looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is, check it out, who is the author. Remember, he's the best writer of your story, who is the author and the perfecter of your faith. And so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to, to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity inside of you. This is the story of your life. Stand with me this morning. So let him write. This is the story of your life. So, so let him write. Let him write. He's not done yet. He's not done yet. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I thank you especially for your grace. God, we are so broken and lost without you. And at times we are forgetful of your mercies. At times we, we think that we are in control. And, and though we call you Savior, and though we call you Lord, we act as if we're in charge. And we, we take the pencil or the pen away from, from you. And we begin to write our story again. And, and we begin to hide from that conflict and, and that failure in that past. When, when all you want to do is rewrite our story. And use our mess. Brokenness. Messed up everyday life for your glory. 
I'm so glad, God, that you love us. I'm so glad, God, that you haven't given up on us. I'm so glad that today you want to touch lives and you want to do it now. Listen, I wasn't going to do this, but I can't help. I, I got to be obedient to the Lord. Listen, I believe that this message has touched many of you. And this morning, I would like to invite you. I would like to challenge you to get out of your seat as an act of faith this morning that you are saying to God, God, I am done writing my story. Or God, I want you to rewrite my story. Or God, I am ready to deal with some issues in my life. If that that is you this morning. I want you to get out of your seat. And listen, I know it's small up here, but I believe that God is speaking to some people this morning. And God is wanting you to get out of your seat. God is wanting you to say yes to Him, being the author of your life. You are done playing games. You are done being the ghostwriter of your story. I'm, I'm going to wait. I really believe that God has some folks this morning that he's been talking to you. This has not been comfortable at all. In fact, this morning, if you had a choice, you would say, Pastor Freddie, as rough as that po uh, a political sermon was last week, I, I would have rather you continued with that vein. That, that was uncomfortable. But this does not feel good this morning. But listen, God is not interested in your feelings. He is interested in your growth. He is interested in your maturity. And I believe that God is wanting to do a work this morning that, listen, you are not wasted. Your life is not wasted. Your story is not wasted. Maybe for some of you, what you are focusing on, you need to hear this. Your failure is not your story. Your setting is not your story. Your baggage is not your story. God can redeem it just like he redeemed you. And the story of your life can be one that is redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Worship team is going to lead us in worship. And listen, I'm just going to pray with you. I'm going to move about. I'm going to lay hands. We're going to believe God for a change in your story. Hallelujah.